Good morning. Um, my name is David Morgan. Uh, I am the Worship and Young Adults Pastor here at Granville. Today I'm pulling double duty. I, uh, I usually don't preach, uh, but here we are. <laughs> I, uh, I trust and, and hope that uh, something, uh, whatever I end up saying today, um, God would put at least something on your heart this morning. Let me just pray for us again. God, would your spirit break down the walls of our hearts, give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you have for us this morning. Would you build us up and challenge us for the furthering of your kingdom in our world and in our city, through us, your church, we pray. So, uh, we are in the middle of a series called Relevant. Relevant. Uh, we've been looking uh, at various current issues in our world um, and asking the question, how, how is the Bible relevant for us today? So far, we've heard from Andy on uh, refugees in our world, and then last week we heard from Peter Harris uh, the founder, founder of Arasha International on, on the care for the environment. This week we are looking at loneliness and how the Bible is relevant uh, to this issue today. Have you ever felt lonely? Most likely you have. I think we've all experienced in some way or another, uh, at one point or another, uh, that the feeling of loneliness. Loneliness is painful. Loneliness is, is one of those deep senses of pain that can gnaw at us uh, to our very core. Uh, it's often marked by feeling empty, uh, unwanted, simply alone. Um, I've experienced uh, serious loneliness at a, at a couple different points in, in life, and it's, it's, not, it's not fun. Um, I, I spent a stint working as a... Uh, a correctional officer in a jail in northern BC. Jails are full of very, very lonely people. Uh, it's, it's no wonder the, the community of gang life is, is so attractive. Uh, the other major place that, that I personally have seen loneliness um, is on the university campus. I, I interned as a campus minister a few years ago and um, students amidst the transitions of life, uh, the pressures of school, uh, many living away from home for the first time, uh, many figuring out who they want to be. Uh, it, it can be one of the loneliest times of life for many people. Now, uh, in talking about loneliness, I, I don't mean um, that being alone is a bad thing. I'm an introvert. I, I really like my alone time. Uh, I crave it. Uh, but, I, but I mean the, that deep, soul-harrowing pain of feeling alone and without deep human connection. So uh, here are a, a few dispassionate definitions for you. Loneliness is a complex and usually unpleasant emotional response to isolation. Loneliness encompasses anxious feelings about a lack of connection with other beings. Loneliness is, is about connection, uh, or rather the, the lack of connection. It's about isolation. 
It can be the result of actual physical isolation from people, uh, or it can be felt even when surrounded by others, feeling isolated because of a lack of, of genuine connection, emotional connection with others. It's interesting that in a society of increasing technological connectedness, um, less and less face-to-face -face contact uh, is, is actually uh, corresponding to higher and higher rates of loneliness. Loneliness in our society is a problem. I'll give you a few stats. Uh, studies show that loneliness is actually as unhealthy as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. One of these studies say that the, the actual and perceived social isolation are both associated with increased risk for early mortality. It contributes to heart problems, uh, higher stress, increased risk for substance abuse, decreased memory, and various other negative brain changes. It contributes to depression and anxiety. And, and while loneliness can be felt by anyone uh, at any age, uh, there are certain portions of our society that are impacted the most, um, and, and that's our, our eldest, um, particularly those um, over 80, and, and, and by our young adults, um, 18 to 30-ish range. The reasons for this vary. Um, for the young adults, I think, I think it's because it's during this time um, where so many different transitions are, are happening, uh, school, work, relationships. Uh, we're trying to figure out our, our place in the world. And, and increasingly, it's being found that millennials uh, tend to move around, constantly uprooting, moving on to the next new thing, uh, which requires needing to remake meaningful connections every time. For the elderly, there are also so many transitions going on with uh, loss and, and the absence of loved ones close friends, partners, uh, and the presence of functional limitations, the difficulty of, of doing things that once were so easy. For us in Vancouver, um, loneliness is particularly prevalent. There was a study done um, by the Vancouver Foundation uh, in 2017 that found that for the general population of Vancouver, one in seven people are either almost always lonely or often lonely, one in seven. The, the same study found that for the young adults, uh, 18 to 24 year olds, one in three are lonely, a third. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, loneliness on campuses is, is big. Um, there was a, another study that showed that uh, across North America, 70% of university students admitted to being lonely throughout the school year. Loneliness is, is a problem. And, and, and more than that, I think loneliness uh, claws against us. It, it goes, goes against, I would say, um, some of the core ways that life as humans, humanity, was intended to be. So how, how is the Bible relevant to us today uh, and in this issue? Uh, first, uh, we're going to look at, kind of take the... 20,000-foot look at the biblical meta-narrative, uh, and then we'll look at our, at our two texts for today. All right, so um, taking a step back, in the 
kind of the grand biblical narrative, uh, we see that God created the heavens and the earth in Genesis. He created the heavens and the earth and all that's in it. He created humans, and he created them with a specific intent and purpose, and it was good. Uh, it's interesting uh, to note that uh, before the, the fall, uh, while, while God is creating, the only thing that God says is not good is for man to be alone. Humanity was created for shalom, this uh, whole and perfect peace or, or harmony in life. Theologian Francis Schaeffer describes this as, as four kind of right relationships. Um, relationship with God, relationship with ourselves, relationship with each other, and relationship with the rest of creation. In the Genesis story, we see how uh, what was created beautiful and good becomes corrupted as what we generally refer to as sin is, is introduced. Uh, and, and this breaks down these kind of four relationships. We see the breakdown of right relationship with God uh, as Adam and Eve disobey God and later hide from him in fear. We see the breakdown of right relationship with creation. Uh, we read, cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. Harmony with themselves is broken as they are filled with shame. The eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And finally, the relationship with, with each other is broken, as they begin to blame each other for what happens. The man blames the woman, the woman blames the serpent. And then shortly after, we see the first death, the first murder, um, and so on. And then begins the kind of biblical journey to restore humanity. Uh, and reconcile these, these broken relationships. Uh, jumping ahead to the, the New Testament, uh, Jesus and his birth, death, and resurrection uh, begins the, the final stage of this uh, restoration process, or begins the final stage, uh, where he has brought about the kingdom of God, where life is made as it should be. Um, often this is called the, the upside-down kingdom, um, because in many cases it runs counter to the way our world works, such as Jesus' instructions to love your enemy. Uh, Jonathan Wilson, uh, he's a professor in Vancouver connected with Regent and Cary Theological College. Uh, he, he refers to this as the, rather than the upside down kingdom, the, the right side up kingdom, uh, alluding to the fact that life in the kingdom is actually quite right and it's how things should be and that it's actually our world that is often upside down in counter to what humanity was made for. In this kingdom, we see those four relationships healed. In this kingdom, we are called to love each other as we love ourselves, to, to steward creation, and finally to be, to be right with God. Loving him and uh, with everything that we are, worshiping him and knowing his love for us. Now, in this kind of grand narrative, uh, we are in the point where, where Jesus has begun the kingdom and, and we live in it now. Seeing, we see glimpses of how things should be uh, working as his agents and ambassadors in the world, loving now and anticipating that final, final day when the kingdom comes in all its fullness 
and everything is made right finally. So how does this fit in with our look at loneliness today? Well, loneliness is a part of the, the brokenness uh, of creation. Let's uh, look at this briefly in regards to uh, a couple of these relationships. The relationship with ourselves and relationship with others. The broken relationship uh, in creation with, our, with ourselves <laughs> contributes to loneliness because that's where things show up like low self-esteem, um, depression, self-loathing, selfishness, uh, feelings of abandonment, which connects with brokenness uh, in our relationship with others as we are hurt by others and in turn as we hurt others where connection with others is difficult uh, or non-existent. Loneliness stands in opposition to the, the shalom that we were made for. In the Gospels, when, when someone asks Jesus what the, the greatest commandment is, um, Jesus responds that, the, that it is to love God with everything and to love your neighbor as yourself. That, that command encompasses a rightness in, in three of those relationships I described. To love God and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So what, what, what do we do with this? Um, the scriptures we have for, day, for today, uh, they provide a little bit more insight into what life in the kingdom looks like. So let's, let's go to Psalm 68. Sing to God, sing in praise of his name, Extol him who rides on the clouds. Rejoice before him. His name is the Lord. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious lived in a, live in a sun-scorched land. Uh, note in particular, verse 6. God sets the lonely in families. What's God's response to loneliness? It's to set the lonely in families. This is uh, such a, a beautiful uh, picture. Now, the challenge for us is, is our role in God's setting the lonely in families. I had the fortune of growing up in a family of people who loved God deeply and loved people well. One of the most common memories I have uh, growing up was that every family gathering, there were always random people <laughs> that weren't related to me. Thanksgiving, Easter, Christmas, reunions, birthdays, my grandparents were always so aware of the lonely, those around them who didn't have families to go to. Some of the people who would come uh, were one-offs, I never saw them again. Others were staples, becoming in integral uh, parts of our family. And it, and it didn't just stop at family gatherings. Uh, there were many who ended up uh, either living with my grandparents uh, or at our house, further becoming a part of our family. Now, even though sometimes it was awkward uh, or we just wanted it to be just us, we were actually richer for it. And God showed up. He gave us love and grace, and he worked. And many of those strangers... Uh, came to know him deeper or for the first time. 
my, my grandmother is still living and uh, is, is such an example of this still. Uh, I, I think uh, because she came to Canada from Jamaica as a student and experienced the loneliness of being a minority in a new place, um, she is, she's particularly drawn to uh, new immigrants and students. Uh, she's always connecting people with others. She's always showing the love of Jesus, always genuinely interested in people and longing for people to know uh, deep connection with others and even more deep connection with Jesus. What's God's response to loneliness? It's to put them in families. All right, let's, uh, let's look at our, our second text that we heard from. First uh, Peter 2, uh, verse 4 to 10, actually. Now, there are, there are many aspects to this passage, um, but I'm only going to discuss uh, briefly a, a couple parts. So this is, this is a letter from Peter, uh, likely written around 65 A.D., probably from Rome uh, to Christians dispersed throughout the uh, Roman Empire. In this passage, we're given uh, a picture of a, of a building project where we are likened to the, the stones that are used to build a house. It starts with Jesus, the, the living stone, um, the cornerstone, and, and continues on with us also as living stones, being drawn together uh, and built up into a spiritual house. As a stone in this house, we are part of the whole. I worked in residential construction for a couple summers uh, through university. We didn't use stones, <laughs> but every two by four, every nail, every sheet of plywood became a part of the entire project that, that was the house. The, the spiritual house here is then said to be uh, a holy priesthood. It's written, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. And later, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. The kingdom reality is that together we are the people of God. Together we are the church. This spiritual house Ephesians says we are fellow citizens with the saints, members of the household of God. The kingdom reality, <laughs> I said that, <laughs> um, is that together we are the people of God. What is God's response to loneliness? It's to set the lonely in families, and specifically to set the lonely in his family, in his household. In the Synoptic Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, there's, a, there's an interesting story uh, where Jesus is teaching a crowd that had gathered, and, it, and it's so packed that he and his disciples couldn't even eat. Uh, Jesus' family, uh, his mother and his brothers, uh, they get worried about him, and, and so they come to rescue him, likely to force him to eat. Uh, I spent a little bit of time in the Middle East, and this seems entirely consistent with my own experiences of being fed by Palestinian mothers. Um, Let's read what happens. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers? He asked. 
Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. If I was in Jesus' family, personally, I, I'd be, I think I'd be fairly offended at this. <laughs> Whew, yeah. But, but I think what Jesus is, is doing here is actually redefining what family is. The family is the people of God. This is the family. And what's God's response to loneliness? It's to set them in families. As a, as a church, then, as the family of God, our challenge is to care for the lonely. Remember uh, Jesus' response to the scribe regarding the greatest commandment. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Our tendencies are to live uh, in our own little comfortable family kingdoms. But after loving God, the next core piece of our calling and purpose is to love our neighbors, to love each other, to love the lonely. Now, this commandment to love your neighbor as yourself is not just for uh, those who are loving the lonely, uh, but it's also for those who are lonely. When I feel lonely, often I dwell on it, and I dwell on it, and I dwell on it, and I spiral deeper and deeper into despair. And, but when I focus on loving others, when I turn my attention from my despair to how I can serve the needs of others, for one, it distracts me from myself and my feelings of loneliness, but also as I do so, I start to engage and experience community. We must also remember uh, that the, the command, love your neighbor, includes as yourself. And as we do this, uh, we don't have to wait for others to love us. We can begin to mend that fundamental broken relationship with others. Funny enough, this, this biblical truth uh, shows up in studies on loneliness. As I was researching loneliness generally, uh, one of the things that, that came up was for those who are lonely, to, to shift their focus from themselves and their feelings of despair to the needs of others. Is the Bible relevant? I, I think so. Back to our, our four big relationships diagram. The thing about these relationships is uh, that they don't exist in isolation from each other. In particular, our, that core relationship, uh, our relationship with God, it affects everything. As we become right with God, he fills us with love for others. In our isolation, we can cry out to God, and he comforts us. Some questions for you. Who, who are the lonely around you? How can you deepen your friendships with others, particularly those who are lonely? How can you invite people not only into deeper connection, but into family. Are you lonely? Connection with others is a, is a two-way street. Uh, others cannot fix feelings of loneliness. But the invitation to family 
It's an invitation to the give and take, to the messiness of doing life deeply with other humans. God sets the lonely in families through us. And what better way to do this than to exercise what we've talked about this year, uh, and I hear years and years past, regarding bless, begin with prayer, listen, eat, serve, share the story, but particularly the eat part. Even, even now, today, um, following the service, where many of us spend uh, a long time catching up over coffee in the fireside room, if you see someone you don't know, invite them into conversation. Uh, if you don't usually stick around, may maybe you can stick around today, engage with the family of God. And beyond that, many of you will be going to lunch. Maybe you can invite someone you don't know super well. These are some of the crucial times where we can be the people of God and invite others into family. Maybe for you today, maybe this invitation to family uh, is, a, is an invitation to the family of the people of God, a community of broken people made right with God through the blood of Jesus. I encourage you to consider it. Uh, later, there will be people at the front to, to pray. Um, if you'd like. We live in a very individualized society, which makes addressing loneliness a difficult task. But let's get creative, let's step out of our comfort zones, and let us respond to this, to this mandate to love and to invite others into family. God, we thank you for uh, this, this picture, um, uh, this, this house that we are a part of, all of us from all of our brokenness and all of our backgrounds and cultures and generations, that you gather us together and you build us up as your people, as your church. God, would you uh, use us for your kingdom here on earth. You're at your kingdom where things are as they should be. God, would you help us to be aware of what you are doing, be aware of the people around us and who you are calling us to invite into family. God, would you fill us with your love? Because we don't have the emotional capacity to do this super well. We need you. Would you help us? Would you, uh, again, Build us up that we might be used for your glory and your kingdom here on earth. We pray in your name. Amen. Andy.